Why, hello there, Nessa. We're back again. Episode six. It's a different kind of podcast. Of now. Positively Reviewed. I got a question to begin with, as I always do. You get a million dollars, Nessa. Uh-huh. One million dollars. Uh-huh. But. You have to live with 101 dogs. Uh-huh. What kind of dogs are you getting, and are you taking the money? Do I have to pay for the dogs, or does someone else yes. pay for them? I have to pay for them. You have to pay for them. You got a million dollars. You'll be fine. You have a million dollars, but that's only that's that's less than 10 grand a dog. Purebreds cost, like, Five grand. You have to give dogs surgery. You go for purebred? I, I'm not saying I go for a purebred. I'm just saying dogs are not necessarily cheap. And then and then there's all of the vet bills for all of them, and then all of the food. Like I would need more than a million dollars just to have that many dogs. So now I'm not taking the money. Actually, you know, fair enough. Okay, fine. <laughs> then how about if the dogs are paid for? Okay, everything's right. everything's paid it for. It might be kind of expensive. And I and I, which now has got me thinking. <laughs> uh, we'll get into it. You know what? Guess what? We might get into that during the facts section. Uh, There's the teaser. Now they're already stuck till at least the facts section. Got it. Everyone has to stick around. Uh, Okay. What what kind of dogs am I getting? Probably a mixture of hunting dogs, Um, like like red bones. Red bones are one of my favorite dogs. Um, If I'm somewhere cold, I, I. I really want a husky, but they're super high maintenance and needy, so maybe not so much. But um, hunting dogs are usually like smarter and well trained. Uh, and oh, look at this coon hound! He's adorable. Yeah, I love yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think I'd have to go for like the smarter dogs. Plus, you know, if you just have a whole bunch of land, they can just go out and fend for themselves, and it's only like you have ten dogs at a time because they're roaming. But no, I'm not taking the money. You're still not taking the I money. I am not living with a hundred one dogs. So even though you get choose dogs. the dog breed, nah, you're not not a fan. You have to you have to live somewhere that can hold a hundred one dogs. Yeah, it's true. That's it's not I enough. It's fine. You just it's not enough. Okay. All right. That's fair enough. Uh. I'm also not taking the money, so that's why I'm not going to argue with you there. I, I don't know if I... That's a lot. That's, I mean, it's a full-time... Well, hold on. It is a full-time job, basically, to take care of 101 dogs. It's a full-time job to take care of, like, four dogs. But you're also getting a million dollars. A million dollars So you don't have not, to work. You don't have to work for, like, four years, and then the house that you have in order to maintain that many dogs is 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 going to have some hefty tax requirements on it. And then you're going to have to work <laughs> and take care of 101 dogs. Gotcha. What if we put it down to only a year? You only have to live with 101 dogs for a year, and then they poof out of existence. Yeah, I'd do that. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. We figured it out. We figured out where where her cutoff line is. Because then I could get. This is only willing to only enjoys dogs for a year. A hundred one. And then hates dogs. Them. I would get a nice oh, okay. house. Yeah, sure. In the middle of nowhere, a lot of land. Go hang out there for a year. 
you know, nice little vacation. And then after that, I have like a fully paid off vacation home, turn it into an Airbnb business. Be great. A plan. Yeah, that the story I'm going with is that you hate dogs after Got a year it. of living with Got them. Got it. So that seems fair. Well, alrighty. As you can tell, we're talking about 101 dogs. So if you know where we're going, we are going to be talking about Cruella today. I'm John, and over there is Nessa. No quips. I gave up on the quips. We don't have those anymore. They're awkward. I don't like them. So, but on this show, positively reviewed, we're here to discuss all about the positives and things that we enjoy about movies that maybe we didn't enjoy. You won't know we didn't enjoy them, though, because we won't say on this podcast. I can tell you, for this movie, Joker really enjoyed this movie. <laughs> Joker really enjoyed this movie. <laughs> Not that's, ironically, yeah, either. That's 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 the hint for everyone out there. Uh, if you're new to the podcast or you've been around and you just want to hear it all over again, Positively Reviewed Podcast, Pause Reviewed Pod, P-O-S, Reviewed P-O-D, on social media, uh, Accuracy Beware, Spoilers Everywhere, but everything is the greatest piece of media ever. Nobody dislikes or hates anything. They, we, you know, we love everything that we review, 100%, totally promise that. And uh, like John said, he loved this movie, and you can believe him on that. Because we are the Positively Reviewed <laughs> Podcast. I, I really did. <laughs> but uh, top of the show, we do spoiler, s- slight spoiler warning. We we will get into a little bit. We'll, we'll say light spoilers. We won't say any major things. But a lot of times we're going to have fact sections and stuff that talk about specific parts of the movie. So, uh, yeah, slight spoiler warning. Fair. But uh, today we've got Cruella. You wanna you wanna tell us why it's the greatest greatest piece of media ever created oh. on the face oh. of the earth? Until next yeah, week. yeah, until next week. But you know, for now, now it is the greatest. Well, it is a reimagination of as we start talking about dogs, uh, 101 Dalmatians. But taking a look at Cruella, so it was created by Walt Disney Studios based on Dodie Smith's 1956 101 Dalmatians. Now I didn't realize it was that old. I. I didn't realize that story was that old. 1956. That's a long time ago. I'm still, and my mother's going to hate me for this. Um, you know, I thought everything then was in black and white. And 101 Dalmatians is in color, so I didn't think it was that old. Right. <laughs> so that's mildly awkward. Uh, sorry. Parental generation, I suppose. Uh <laughs> But uh, so this this Cruella, the, the modern day, fully in color one, uh, was directed by <laughs> Craig Gilseppi, which did Mr. Woodcock and I, Tonya. And it was produced by Andrew Gunn, did Freaky Friday, a movie that I love, Bad Santa 2. It's also produced by Mark Platt, who did Legally Blonde, Scott Pilgrim, and Aladdin. I don't know if that's cartoon or live action Aladdin. Oh, yeah, live okay. action. That, That's that live makes, action. That makes sense. Yeah, I did all these. So a lot of these, uh, I'll say I, Tanya uh, is going to come back up. That's that movie about uh, the ice skater. Yes, yeah? who was. Is that, yeah. Beaten. Or a TV show, yeah, no, sure. It's a movie about an ice skater who okay. got uh, her knee wrecked by another um, jealous ice skater who wanted the better chance of getting the medal. Something along those lines. Oh. I haven't watched it, but I'm vaguely familiar with the story. I didn't watch it either. I heard it was actually really good. It sounded so. depressing. But that's gonna to me, come up. So. It's gonna it's gonna come up again. Uh 
I'll be honest, I went through a lot of these. I tried to pull out ones that I specifically noticed, but a lot of the people that you're going to hear in this worked on a lot of things that I'd never heard mm -hmm. before. So, but I pretty much just pulled out the ones I'm like, ah, people might recognize these. I'm sure people recognize the other ones. I didn't, though. Uh, like Mark Platt did Legally Blonde in <laughs> Scott Pilgrim. Woo! That's my That's favorite. It. All right, listen, Scott Pilgrim. I'm, I'm legit. I'm getting a. I'm planning on getting a Scott Pilgrim tattoo. Okay. So that's a just side note for for Joker. He's a kind of a cool. You know, he's a cool kid. Yeah. So he's getting a tattoo, right? Um, but yeah, uh, he also did the the Aladdin, the recent one Got that I uh, I didn't see either. I I didn't see that one. He, I tried heard bad things about I that one. Tried to watch it. I made it um about forty five seconds and uh, decided <laughs> not to continue. It was the choice that I made. You know, I must have gotten busy for something. Actually, actually, so for those for those who uh, who who heard our last episode on Mr. Right, Aladdin was what I watched for thirty seconds, forty five, whatever, before uh, we decided we need to find a different movie and then watch Mr. Right. So. Uh, Oh, so you're gonna make me watch Aladdin last I, I was week? Not no, was the plan. no, that would not have happened. That was the original plan. Okay. That uh, that that you no no we 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 love movies here. Yep. Hey, I don't mind seeing Will Smith is a weird blue looking genie man thing. I don't know what that was, but he it was a thing and it happened. It exists out there on the interwebs now. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, and you know, in the future, maybe, maybe we will. But um, I think you did a good job picking movies that these people have done because I recognize several of them, which is unusual. The last uh, producer in the list is Kristen Burr, who did Ice Princess, and I love that movie. Also, Christopher Robin and Dora and the Lost City of Gold. Some of those were good. Yeah, some of those. <laughs> I, I love Christopher Robin. I'm going to be honest. The way I felt about this movie is, or Cruella is, I think, it was the same way that I felt about Chris or Robin, where I went in there. It was, I went in there on a date, I believe, uh -huh. uh, with, you know, one of Joker's many, many, many uh, Triss out there. One of his old girlfriends out of the numerous that he's had. Uh, Chris or Robin, we went to that. And I wasn't expecting, it was just supposed to be a nice, fun date movie. Mm -hmm. My God, that movie blew me away. That was the most, it's such a feel-good movie. Yeah. It's so much nostalgia, so much, I was a big Winnie the Pooh fan back in the day, had all the books and the all that stuff, and oh my God, I, that, by the way, that movie, Christopher Robin, came out the same year as Infinity War, I think? Was it Infinity War Endgame? I think Infinity War. It was the same year as uh, in Marvel's Infinity War. And my God, Chris Robin. I actually think I liked Chris Robin as more than Marvel. What? I went what? I went to the theater to see Chris Robin more than Infinity War. What? Yeah. I, I th That one is for sure. I don't know if I liked it more. I don't know. You, you leave that up for yourself. But I went to the theater more time to see Chris Robin you. than I did. Infinity like War. the super yes. Marvel fanboy you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's how much I love that movie. It's so good. Okay. Every time you leave the theater, you just feel uplifted and happy and amazing. So, I okay. I haven't seen it. I didn't think that was so going to be the that one was, that that, uh, that that caused it's discussion. So good. 
I mean, again, we now know after after watching this movie, uh, you're definitely an action fan. So I don't know if you like Christopher Robin as much, but it's it's a beautiful, delicious story. And it's amazing. I mean, well, so I would highly. Recommend yeah. It. I, hey, feel good right. is good. OK, so so for Cruella before hold oh, on. Before, before before we continue, yes. I do did, note for John, cut this out. Uh, Nessa, go talk to your stream no, of what Shaft just did. Don't you need to. Don't let him win. Don't let him win. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I feel you can't. <laughs> I man, that was so. I can't. I'm seeing it. I'm he just like I. I can't just let that slide. And you broke first. Oh, <laughs> uh, I yeah. Apparently, I'm the one that broke. Okay. You know what, jo- Joker, don't <laughs> cut this out of the episode. Uh, we do record this live every week. If you guys want to watch this, uh, I guess we could shout this out. If you want to watch the podcast live on Tuesdays every single week about 2.30 PST uh, on Twitch, uh, Joker and Nessa both stream this live. And one of Nessa's viewers just decided to gift how many subs uh well that 15, one was 50 and then he did oh. five before that he's waging war and he distracts the co-host <laughs> he's trying hey you win you won yeah. Jeff. congratulations no, i already messaged him doesn't count <laughs> So, all right, we'll continue. Uh, Screenplay story is by Dana Fox, Tony McNamara, uh, uh, Eileen Brosh McKenna. I specifically mentioned hers. Uh, again, a lot of the other ones, I honestly, I didn't recognize too many, but uh, Eileen or Eileen McKenna worked on Devil Wears Prada, Annie in 27 Dresses, which Devil Wears Prada is going to come up a few times yep. in this. And then Kelly Marcel, who did... Fifty Shades of Grey, Venom, and Saving Mr. Banks, which Mr. Banks will actually come up later on as well. And Steve Aziz's, Aziz's, Aziz Light, Aziz Light. All right. So from there, us tell us what kind of experience have you had? We we don't normally get this one because uh, there's a section that we have talk about our past experience with the media, if any. And we normally don't have it because a lot of times the stuff we're watching, unless it's Marvel or something, we don't have that much past experience because mm-hmm. they're usually one-off movies, TV shows, whatever it is. On the rare occasion, I guess we, you know what, that's a lie. I guess we did do that with Dota yeah. and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And all right, never mind. So we do it sometimes. But this time, Cruella does have previous media uh did you watch any of the old ones go before you watch cruella i mean 101 dalmatians like that the movie yeah, yeah. i loved that movie that was one of my favorites as a kid i loved that did movie did you watch the animated or the live there action? was a live action i guess we'll get into that in the <laughs> facts section <laughs> just the animated uh what what sticks okay, out in yeah. my mind is i loved i mean i loved the way they they actually animated it where everything was always teetering on the edge of destruction um right and all like the thing that is like blaring through my mind is the the hay bale wheelbarrow scene where they're like in the oh yeah, yeah that's right yeah like, that was my <laughs> yeah. favorite I love that I watched that movie so much I can't believe it's from 1956 that's wild to me like I'm still well that's the that's the book oh okay so, okay yeah yeah, yeah. Got it. so that makes the, so much the, more sense yeah okay yeah so I think I I misread uh 
it was the book was written back then. The film, I mean, it wasn't that much longer. It was 1961. So still, I actually didn't look that up. That's still really old. I mean, that's classic Disney. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, oh, my God. That killed. That did three hundred and three million dollars in box office in 1961. Is that I mean, that, I'm guessing that's adjusted for inflation. But my God, that's crazy. So, uh, yeah, not that much longer uh, after it, but 1956, the book was written by Dottie Smith, and then it was created by Walt Disney in 1961. So interesting for the animated, which yeah, I mean, animated's classic. I yeah. feel everyone's watching, but there was, I, I think I remember watching at least the first one. Mm-hmm. There was a live action in 1996 wait, wait. called 101 Down. When you say the first one, do you mean there were multiple? Live actions? Then there was one uh, 102 Dalmatians. No. Oh, my gosh. That came out gosh. in 2000. Wait, wait, maybe I have seen this. I'm getting repressed <laughs> memories now. Oh, no, I think I did go see this for a birthday party or something. Oh, boy, right. that was very and deep. And I think they, <laughs> I think there's also a spinoff out there as well. I don't think I actually really wrote that down. I should have done, Joker should have done his research. He didn't. But, yep, there is two live action movies uh, in 96 and 2000, which, again, we'll talk a little bit about in the fact section. Oh, my goodness. Nope. Yeah, that's, wow. Okay. That is, uh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for dredging that up. Got it. All right, so we can we can move on to the facts section if you want. Or I mean, I another new segment that I've yeah. uh, we have a filler section that we decide we discussed on that if there's ever anything that we feel we don't have enough to talk about, we can make up stuff that you guys won't know that we're filling time, but we're doing filling time unless we c- decide to constantly mention that we're filling time, which is. News for thought, a small little news story uh-huh. about something that's going on that we heard about in some movie gaming or whatever recently, which I don't know if you want to talk about. It. I wrote mine down. If you, if that intrigues you enough, I'll say I'll write mine down every week. I don't know if you have any, but if you I'll write mine down each week because I, I usually I do the outline and I send to Nessa. And if it if it piques your interest just enough, then I'll I can give a brief little statement because I'll tell you for this episode, I got plenty to talk about. So we don't really need filler. I mean, time. That's, that's We've up been to doing you. Plenty of that I, as I, yeah, is. I was going to say we can. I mean, I'm I'm I am intrigued by the note that you wrote, but maybe we should just let people never know what it is and uh, make them wonder what you wrote the whole episode and at the end maybe we'll say what it is okay sounds good to me (laughs) works for me i am intrigued but i haven't see i haven't read the facts section i always stop at that part so i'm very curious about them she never she never you i mean most of the outline again the outline's all pretty standard because we just riff on it as we go through and the fact section is the only thing i spend all of 10 minutes on it actually it actually does take me a while some of these fact sections do are pretty difficult to do uh it's hard to find facts for some movies but this one's not too bad um but yeah i, I fill out a lot of stuff and that's our biggest section and that's the only way we fill out it's the only thing nessa doesn't read so we get her pure reaction so hit us with it Fact number one, our money fact. Fact number one. As we call okay. it. Okay. The budget was 100 to 200 million. The box office so far, not including Disney streaming, is 129.3 million. So. So they already made 
kind of the money, broke even, I guess. Yeah, depending on Don't where know. in that, yeah, range the budget landed. Which, I'm sure they've actually exceeded that with Disney streaming. Yeah. So with all the pre- because you you did you watch this in theaters or did you watch this on Disney Plus? I, I, you watched yeah, it on, I Disney, it on Plus. Disney Plus. So and that's that what thirty mm-hmm. bucks. So I'm I'm hoping you watched it with Turnup, yeah. No, no, this was a, this was a solo watching. Oh, experience. this is just yeah. yourself. Okay. Yeah, I always I always talk about like people are like thirty dollars is a lot, but the way I see it is, I mean, first off, you do have to pay for. I'm gonna digress here, but you pay for the Disney streaming service. The way I see it is really the reason they have it, and they're making you pay thirty dollars. It's the equivalent of going into the theater in your own home. Thirty dollars seems like a lot, but if you're in a family of four, mm-hmm. which uh, Disney tends to be, thirty bucks is way cheaper than paying. For movie tickets and all the popcorn and the snacks so. and the time mm-hmm. and the well okay listen that's doesn't factor into the cost because you're gonna get popcorn it's a absolute must if you go to the theater and don't get popcorn well, that's what i'm saying if you go to the theater you have to buy the popcorn and that's expensive but if you're at home it doesn't it's count. so much less it doesn't count no but that's why it doesn't no, it matter. totally counts See, I go to the theater for free. I do the A-list uh, thing for AMC, so I pay $25 a month, uh-huh. so free, obviously, but I get to see three movies a week, uh-huh. uh, and I get to see whatever I want, but I go to the theater, and I get popcorn every single time, which is every week, but I don't, I don't, you know, it costs money, I guess, <laughs> but it's part of the experience. You can't go and not get popcorn. That's just not right. That's messed up. So you can't factor in the cost of popcorn into the discussion. But you can, because if you stay home and spend $30. You're not getting popcorn. You're not, right? But if you went to the movie theater, you would buy popcorn. So that's what makes the 30 even more. Again, buy is such a strong word. Acquire. You would acquire. Have permission and the joy (gasps) of enjoying popcorn. Wait a second. I just read the next fact. Yeah. All right. All right. So Joker opened up the episode by saying you get a million dollars and 101 dogs and you have to pay for the dogs yourself. Yeah, In I know. In his fact, <laughs> he states that it costs almost $24,000 per dog for the life of a dog. Whoa. And he only gave me a budget of 10000 Per dog. So. That's not. Hold on. That's not entirely true. I mean, you got to keep reading it. So there's there's this fact is a two parter. So, yeah, what that's is saying is I'm changing it up. Usually we talk about how expensive it is to raise children in some part of the country. But since we're talking about dogs, uh, we change it up. And with one hundred twenty nine million dollars from the box office so far. You could raise about 5,408 dogs in England, yep. which is where this movie is shot. Mm-hmm. So uh, it costs about $23,800 uh, per dog for the lifetime of a dog, which is about uh, $1,660 a year. It's 16,900 pounds uh, in English money, <laughs> so which is $500 less than cats. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly. Probably because cats live so much Average longer. Average lifetime cost of a cat is 24200 and that's $17,000 a year. But, but yes, it is It is equated, I think, I believe part of it is the lifetime mm-hmm. of it. Cats tend to live around 
they say 10 to 15 years where dogs are 10 to 13 years. So it's automatically less, which I'm, I mean, I don't want to, you know, shout myself out here, but every dog I've had has lived to about 18 years old. So I'm just saying, yeah. I'm just, you know, just, you have the superior <laughs> kind of being the odds. Yeah. Here. Superior dog, uh, you know, taking care of methods now in the U S which makes this even worse. Dogs are way yeah. more expensive costing $3,239 per year, which is about double what they cost in England, while cats only cost $634 a year. So cats are a quarter, a third. As expensive a year. Yeah, a third yeah, is expensive the, a year I don't, in the U.S. A third, yeah. And dogs are twice as expensive. Why are, why are, does anyone, anyone who live in England, does anyone know for, I mean, I, why are cats so expensive in England? I don't understand. What do you, what, what are you feeding <laughs> these cats? Ah? I, what do you do with these cats? It doesn't even make sense to me. England is like even, smaller, and it's you have crazy. less space for animals, so cats should be more efficient. I don't know. I don't. I, either way, Joker did not give me enough money in the question. Like not even close. Oh no, yeah, I realized that. I I said it. I was like, nah, you got to pay for it. And then I was like, wait, I don't think I've done the math on this yet. <laughs> so yeah, it's gonna end up costing you more money. <laughs> uh, so, so if you didn't want, uh, how many dogs was it? If you didn't want 5,408 dogs in England, you could also fund the building of two missiles to be sent to Jupiter in 1958. Were the yeah. missiles being built in 1958 or were they sent in 1958? Like, I... What or is it like inflation? I don't really know. Backwards. I looked it up. I'll be honest. I I don't know where this info came from <laughs> necessarily. I went on Google. I typed in "What can you buy for 129 million dollars?" and some random thing came up that looked like it was from. It was literally called rockets and missile or and rockets and missiles and something. And I wasn't sure if it was an excerpt from an actual like government discussion like court discussion or some some kind of actual yeah whatever the word is that was from transcript 19 yeah transcript that's the word from 1957 i wasn't sure if that was actually or it was a book mm -hmm. like i couldn't tell if this was non-fiction or fiction first off got it so got it that. solid fact and i didn't look that much into it because it just came up and yeah they were talking about how they didn't have enough money and how they are planned for they they wanted to have a plan of 129 millions, which was like 29 extra million dollars to build two rockets to send to Jupiter in that was going to be. That was the entire fiscal year of 1958 is what it would have paid for is 129 million dollars to build these rockets. Got it. So they were being built in 1958. Okay. All right. Well, once again, don't know if that's uh, real or not, though. So you maybe get two rockets to go to Jupiter or 5,408 dogs. Okay. All right. Are you yeah. ready for a rapid fire? Rapid fire. And this is most of it. There, I didn't have. Well, there's a few. I Usually I have a crazy deep kind of deep fact at the end. Uh, there's a lot of rapid fire facts, so I didn't have too too deep of a fact for the the final. But yes, okay. rapid fire it off. Glenn Close played the original live action Cruella in the 1996 film. Executive producer on this one, so nice crossover there. The costume designer Jenny Beaven was hired after her work on Mad Max Fury Road. She made 277 costumes for the main cast. 47 were for Cruella. 
Oof. Yeah. Wow. All right. I wonder if Emma Stone got to take any of those home. Uh, where would she put them? There was some. There was some. There was some gorgeous. We- I mean, it's Emma Stone. <laughs> she's got a big. She's got a big wardrobe. We get- let's not. Let's not joke for a second that she don't have a crazy big wardrobe. We do have to discuss favorite outfit, but maybe we should leave that for the meaty meat. Because I, I did have a the meaty yeah, meat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. The truck horn from the prison break scene is directly from the cartoon. Uh, this. Yeah. 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 Uh, this is Emma Thompson's fifth Disney film after Treasure Planet that no one remembers, Brave, Saving I, Mr. Banks, and Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, so that's where Saving Mr. Banks came yeah. from because uh, who was it? One of the one of the story writers mm-hmm. was Kelly Marcel. Uh, she also worked on Saving Mr. Banks. But Treasure Planet is the one. You're right. No one remembers it that. Should. But wasn't that a good it was movie? So good. I don't remember. It was good, yeah. wasn't it? It was like it, just, it didn't have music, right? Like it wasn't it wasn't normal. Like normal Disney at the time was all right. Hercules and like like singing stuff. And yeah. so I think maybe Treasure Planet didn't do as well because people were expecting something that they didn't get. They had all the like flying boat ships yes. and stuff, right? Yeah. God, that was, if I remember, that was a really good movie. I think I watched that a lot as a kid. I only watched it once. But you're right, that's such a, yeah. that's such a, it's the movie that everyone forgets that that Disney made, (laughs) I I feel. I've watched Sinbad I don't think we get anything from that. And I don't think Sinbad is Disney, but it might be. I don't know. And our our good, by the way, to go back to our fact about. uh, Emma Thompson. The missiles, missiles. Shaft, Shaft, uh, the hero the Shaft is for distracting us once again. Apparently it was the Nova Rockets. That were sent to Jupiter. That was the one being built for Jupiter in 1948, which was supposed to be four times the si- the size of the Saturn V. It was never built. So take that as you will. But there you go. All right. So That's, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't fiction. It was uh, apparently not. All right. Good to know. Okay. So despite being an English character, Cruella Deville has never been played by an English actress. Nicole, except oh. for one spinoff, technically speaking, but we're <laughs> not, not going to count about that. it. Okay, we don't need to dredge up more repressed memories. Uh, <laughs> Nicole Kidman, Charlize Theron, Emma Thompson, Julianne Moore, and Demi Moore were all in the running to play the role of Baroness Charlize Theron. Which Emma Thompson is the one who ended yeah. up in that role. For we haven't actually talked about the actors who were playing what yet, but yeah. So that's a good. That's a big. That's some big names mm-hmm. right there. Trying to all, all punch for this. So I am glad it was not Nicole Kidman. That would have been a very different Baroness. Hey, right, breathy, definitely, yeah. Oh, tie my shoe for me. I'm <laughs> so inept, and I can't do anything. Batman would have been Nicole Kidman. So that's actually a really good Nicole Kidman. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> I hate that I enjoyed that. Okay, and then our last uh, rapid fire fact: Paul Walter Hauser drew inspiration from Bob Hoskins for his performance as Horace, mimicking Hoskins' speech and mannerisms as Smee in Steven Spielberg's Hook. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, shout out to Bob Hoskins, man. That guy is classic. Uh, I mean, he's he's been he's been gone for a while now, but yeah, he. I know who is it? I think Ryan Reynolds every year gives like does a does a little tribute to to him on on his 
I'm not sure. I'm guessing his birthday, I believe. So because mm-hmm. he, I know Ryan Reynolds is a huge, huge Bob Hoskins fan. Has took a lot of lot of inspiration from that man. So yeah, shout out to him. That's awesome. So I I always like hearing whenever he pops up. So and I I think I one kind of small fact. I think we'll we might get to it later. But um, Paul Walter Paul Walter uh, Hauser, who played as one of the henchmen, which was Horace. Um, he actually got his start from I uh, Tonya. Interesting. I Tonya. Tonya. So that's why that's why like uh, we we're talking about Craig, uh, Craig Gillespie, uh-huh. I believe, is the director. He also directed that, so they actually worked together, which was hit Paul Walter's uh, big big break was that movie. So thought I'd give that little small fact there as nice. well. Nice, it's a nice little crossover. So many deep yeah. facts. And here's the crazy deep facts. Uh, I'll hit up these ones. Uh-huh. So the film seen on TV while Cruella was faking a hotel worker. Uh, she was impersonating a hotel worker to steal a bunch of stuff is Alfred Hitchcock's lifeboat, which the scene that it's showing has actress. Uh, Tallulah. I, I don't, OK, maybe I should have had you Tallulah. Yeah. There you go. Tallulah Bankhead, who is the real life inspiration for Cruella DeVille who they even took the the look and her personality quirks, including her laugh, was taken for the animated film. So that's that's who the the character Cruella is actually based on, which I didn't actually know it was based on a real character or a real person. I didn't know that so, either. I like this fact yeah. section. So it's not based on the lifeboat. So <laughs> it's not based on Alfred Hitchcock's lifeboat. It's based on the actual actress mm-hmm. who played in, in that. So, uh, but anyways... Uh, so this is where we were talking the fact about those you remember those repressed memories that are the live actions. Yeah. Uh, this Cruella is confirmed to be a prequel to the 1996 and 2000 101 and 102 Dalmatians, and is set up so they actually make certain decisions in the film to connect it to those films to not to make it canon. Basically, they wanted to make it all canon in this universe. Uh-huh. So supposedly it's set up, which I'll be honest, I kind of hope they would just make more of like a Cruella 2 uh, that maybe is because, yeah, the spoiler here is the story does end. This is a prequel. It's the origin story of Cruella, of how she kind of came to power uh, in the fashion industry. And it is definitely the the movie ends at a particular point in the story to have a continuation which i don't know if you you recognize i mean you saw anita right yes i know i saw anita, anita was and the i news. saw the, the the and the names and the the puppies mm-hmm. oh no i well, i, you know I know who, and, and who gets the other you, one i i connected all the names right roger yes. right you saw yes, roger so i connected all right. the names i had i had all of that yeah there's there's a lot. So there's two characters in this. Uh, Anita's one her closest friend in school, which it was once again, that is canon. It was mentioned in, I think, the 1996s or the animated film. I'm not sure which one it was, but Anita and Cruella were friends in school. That was actually a, l- a small little line in that. So that's why they had that those scenes in this movie, this flashback of when Cruella was younger. But Roger is the lawyer that in this one who uh for the baroness yes that she ends up firing in this movie so apparently those two are the one they end up together and yeah i actually i'm guessing you so it sounds like you saw that credit the mid credit scene oh Uh, it sounds like no i did not no 
I don't think I did. Okay, here's another spoiler for mid credit scene. Uh, I didn't. I actually didn't even know that there is a a scene in the middle of the credits where Cruella gives Anita and Roger. Oh. Three. Oh, that was the mid. Okay, yes, I did see that. Yes, yes. because I did. I, yeah, I actually didn't see because that. The, I didn't know there the was. The puppies also had like a little name on them, and it was the same names as in the cartoon uh, that I remembered. Yeah, it's Pongo and. Perdita, yes. right? Or yeah. is that? Yeah. I think Pongo is Rogers and Perdita's is Anita's. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, she gives, yeah, puppy Dalmatians to them. So, I didn't actually know that. I didn't see that. So, all right, this one you'll enjoy. So, you go ahead. Okay. That final fact. Uh, currently has an average score of 60 out of 100 and was given a grade of A on an F to A plus scale. So it doesn't really seem connected, but no, yeah, apparently, those are- much to Joker's sadness, this movie is getting a, a sick, mediocre rating. Which is ridiculous, uh, but apparently it because was, it's the greatest movie of all time, so I don't understand how that could happen. I agree, and but it was given a grade of an A uh-huh. out of an A plus on a cinema score scale. So. Maybe it's like logarithmic, Sweet. you know, like in order to go from A to A plus, it has to be 100 times better, right? Sure, let's go with that one. That sounds right. Maybe it's just a good movie. Maybe that's what it is. I mean, I think it's the greatest movie of all time, unlike some people. So. Exactly. Obviously. All right, what's the time? Do we need do we need a do, fill me up? Fill me up, baby. What do we got? Do we do we need a do we need to do any of that? I mean, I really Is this where I talk about the news story? You can. I I just I'm telling you, I got no, I, I got to talk good. about her dresses. So, like we got to we got to Okay, we gotta, let's just get yeah. into the meaty meat. We're already we're looking fine on time. We're getting through it. So, let's talk about hit us with the copy. All right. Classic Copy. Okay, Cruella is a 2021 American crime comedy film based on the character Cruella DeVille from Dodie Smith's 1956 novel, The 101 Dalmatians. The film is directed by Craig Gillespie with a screenplay by Dana Fox and Tony McNamara from a story by Aline Brosh McKenna, Kelly Marcel, and Steve Zizis. It is the third live-action adaptation in the 101 Dalmatians franchise and serves as a prequel Emma Stone stars as the title character with Emma Thompson, Joel Fry, Paul Walter Hauser, Emily Beecham, Kirby Howell Baptiste, and Mark Strong in supporting roles. Set in London during the punk rock movement of the 1970s, the film revolves around Estella Miller, an aspiring fashion designer, as she explores the path that will lead her to become a notorious up-and-coming fashion designer known as Cruella DeVille. Once again, I feel this is one of those copies that really do not <laughs> describe the movie at all not even a little bit it's it doesn't explain the story of what the movie ends up being at all it's a it's a heist movie i i think it's been compared the way i've heard it compare and the way that i'm using to compare if you if you don't know what this movie the the selling point is imagine devil wears prada meets oceans yeah like Oceans 13, but I guess this is like Oceans 3 <laughs> or 4 or 6, depending if you count the dogs. Oh, you have to count the, the dogs. Okay, then 6, because if that's the case, then you also have to count the, what what's the guy's name who uh, makes all the outfits for her? Uh, oh. Arnie. Yes. 
Artie, the character Artie. Yeah, I guess you have to count him. So you got Cruella, the two henchmen, Artie, who helps with the fat, the the costumes, and then the two dogs, which they are. Uh, This movie has nothing leading in. This movie has nothing to do with 101 Dalmatians. It has nothing to do with dogs. There are dogs in it. There's a lot of dogs in it. They are fun characters. There are dogs that Cruella loves in it. Yes. That's yeah, she actually likes like dogs. Like a lot, including the Dalmatians. Yeah. She ends up liking the Dalmatians. Yeah, she has, she gets a dog as a kid and ends up having it the whole time. Good old CGI dogs. Yep, yep. Yeah, there's there's some... <laughs> some? <laughs> they, uh, they, it wasn't actually bad. Some, I, I think they use, they probably use a combo of real dogs and CGI. Mm-hmm. I know the f- very beginning they used a CGI dog for that first first one, the puppy. Um, you could the way it moved was kind of unnatural at times. It was definitely noticeable, but the later on ones you couldn't tell all that. The, they did a good job. The, the one so I, I it's dog why I think they was real most of the wink. time. Yeah, Wink was real most of the time. Yeah. Dalmatians were almost never real. Yeah, so I think I think there was definitely. Uh, it was pretty good. It was pretty good CGI. I was actually impressed with it. Again, it was noticeable at some points, but a lot of times you could you couldn't tell it. But what I, yeah, yeah, if you're going into this expecting <laughs> this to follow dogs, nothing to do with dogs. Yeah. It's all about this is the Cruella show. Uh, yeah, and it's it's a com- complete reimagining. The beginning of it is completely front loaded with character driven narration and uh, s- just story and just building of. The atmosphere of 1970s London, which is a great choice mm-hmm. because we'll get into the fashion. I know, cool. I know Nessa wants to talk well, about the fashion. But so. I do also want to talk about actually building up henchman backstory because that's cool because normally yes. henchmen. Horace and Jasper. Yeah, they're very, very flat characters. And right. it was. Oh, I, I love these. Yeah. Two. The way that they were actually built because you, you meet them when they're children and Jasper Right, Jasper's in charge. Right, it's not Horace, it's in Initially. charge. Yeah, but like ja- yes. Jasper's in yeah, charge. Yeah, Jasper, Jasper's Joel and, and Horace yeah. is just kind of like the bumbling idiot who rolls along and is like, oh, that's the angle I like. But I like, I like <laughs> that there was actually personality to them and that there was understanding behind who they were and what they're doing because normally you watch and you're like, why would they even bother? You know, like why would they be helping this person? And you, you get yeah. The, uh, they uh, especially in the anime, in all all of them, Cruella treats the henchmen pretty terribly, yes. pretty poorly. Which there is a little bit on this they have, but at the same time they build a backstory where it is they're they're a family. At the end of it is <laughs> sorry, I just <laughs> man the uh. I went into this movie, me and my buddy were joking about the Dalmatians killing Cruella's parents, because that's that's why she hates the Dalmatians, mm-hmm. right? In in the anime is they killed her parents. Uh man, we went into this joking about that. But wow, when that scene came up <laughs> What? That we we burst out laughing. That was so ridiculous. But at the same time, like it worked. It was just very like all right yeah okay i guess this is where we're going with this um <laughs> they literally 
assassin dalmatians mm-hmm. that was that's how i was phrased assassin dalmatians wow that was <laughs> a moment but yeah so she ends up being an orphan and she ends up running running to london and that's where she meets jasper and horace as a kid and yeah follows them back to their place and they end up growing up together running just on the streets they're they're orphans on the streets living on their own and they end up grifting and thieving and pickpocketing people for a living and they end up being very successful at it uh Cruella has a knack for fashion from the beginning and so she ends up making a bunch of costumes that they use to get into high-end places to become steal mm-hmm. rich people stuff yeah. pretty much and they never it ends up going really well i thought it was great but yeah they built they built a great rapport between Cruella mm-hmm. and the henchmen uh of where they were they had the reason why even when Cruella became Cruella, Estella became Cruella. That's right, because Cruella is not Cruella to begin with. It's Estella. And they attempt to do a split personality thing, which I... I didn't like to begin with. I warmed up to it at the end. I or later on as the as the show went on, I actually kind of it started making more sense and it felt a little more natural. I think at the very beginning it was a really unnatural thing where they were trying Disney was trying to say that she had split personality disorder, but the way it was executed is it really just felt unnatural that Emma Stone was just changing her <laughs> mentality and she was all of a sudden Cruella. And it didn't really work for me to begin with, but I ended up warming up to it by the end of the movie. So, but yeah, she ends up treating them pretty poorly, Mm -hmm. but they stick around because they're a family. Yeah. They play the family card. And and they play the, it worked. It was good. Her mom died. Do what she says. Just kind of deal with it. Go along (laughs) with it, you know, kind of thing. And it's a little odd that they never like, that they're always there for her. You expect them to walk out at some point. You're still sort of questioning that. But, you know, they're loyal. Jasper is very loyal, and Horace continually seems to think there's an angle. <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> the angle. <laughs> oh, gosh. What's the angle? Okay, but so this... Oh, and I, I watched this, so I watched this twice. I watched this with a buddy, and I actually got convinced my parents to go see this as mm-hmm. well. Uh, my parents loved Wink so yeah. much. The the rat scene yeah. where he became the, the rat dog <laughs> was so funny. That was I. So. I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed Wink a lot. Like I I thought I thought that that was a really fun addition, and I don't yeah. know. It was so counterintuitive how much they included dogs on the good side of things. Like, it just wasn't yeah. what you would have expected. Yeah, they made Cruella actually like dogs. Yeah. So no, they made um, Estella like dogs. Well, Cruella did too. Okay, maybe not so much. Yeah, to Cruella, everything was how useful are they yes. kind of thing. So, yeah, fair enough. So the so. Uh, the Dalmatians ended up useful. I don't know if she liked yeah. them. Um, but then we also had the other the other main character in this was Emma Thompson, mm-hmm. which she was great yes. as the Baroness. She was a great Baroness. I mean, it was, she was the Devil Wears Prada she's, character. She's straight What's up the Meryl name? Streep. Um, uh, yeah. I don't know why I'm blanking on her name. I just watched this movie recently because it's a wonderful movie. Um, but 
That was, I was watching it and I was like, oh, so we're watching The Devil Wears Prada. Got it. Priestley. Yes, Miranda, Miranda Priestley. Miranda Priestley is the character's name um, from Devil Wears yeah. Prada. So yeah, Meryl Streep playing that. She was straight out. Yeah. It was directly from Devil yeah. Wears Prada. But, I mean, but it was brilliant. <laughs> I mean, that character, Meryl Streep's character, Devil Wears Prada, was perfectly executed. And then the Baroness with those just disinterested, oh, you're boring now, like, the just right. all of the mannerisms. <laughs> There's just these, like these little, tiny little sighs and head tilts and just like this lazy wrist flick. Like, oh, you're not even worth the attention of me holding my hand at like tension. Like yeah. it's just this, ugh. That was very well and done. And they did a good job showing how, again, how powerful and smart she was mm-hmm. though she as as much as she came off as just a flamboyant narcissistic powerful woman she had the skills and the to back it up you know she did the research to honestly attack people at oh times my gosh, and that scene. she had no qualms about some stuff <laughs> this yeah. scene where there's so there's this, this masterful scene where there are some businessmen from a department store that stocks her clothing that were trying to start a conversation saying that she needed to change her designs because they weren't selling and or weren't selling as well as they they would like. And, and it was basically it was about men were going to try and tell her what to do with her business. And this is a movie based in the 70s with a powerful woman. So there was a little bit of a dynamic there. And she just cuts them off. And it was like, well, I have a few you know, moments of feedback I'd like to give. And just... Let me tell you your feedback. Yeah, she just goes through, like, that they're embezzling, that their foot traffic is down, that they're they're doing one thing wrong after another and all of this. And and then at the end, she's like, so your feedback? And they just kind of, like, run away. Yeah, they just walk out. They're like, nope, you win this one. Sounds good. So, yeah, they did did a great job with, with her character. They did a great job with a lot of the characters in this, so... It's all right, let's get in 1970s. Yeah. You mentioned great time period to actually have mm-hmm. this. Uh, it's very much during the punk rock movement of the time. And I think you want to get into the design, the fashion of it, because that was that was the second part of this, as I said, is the Devil Wears Prada slowly mer- morphed into a ocean's heist movie it it turned into a heist movie a smart heist movie where there was a mini heist inside (laughs) where they're trying to steal a necklace but the whole ocean's idea of where they're trying to outsmart each other rather than just steal things and it was who was thinking the far who was playing the the game of chess better who was thinking farther ahead than the other is what it became uh i i'm a sucker for heist movies and this one was a really beautifully executed one and it used a lot of fashion to do Mm -hmm. it and it was really cool so what essentially happens in the movie is cruella wants to upstage the baroness and make her pay so every time the baroness has some big fashion reveal event whatever cruella shows up in some outlandishly wild design and kind of takes over everything and so i want to ask like what what was the one that you remember like what was your favorite are we talking about or just the outfits that Cruella yeah. used? Yeah, well, well, like anything, like what you saw. Because so there was there was the, the bead dress. There were definitely beads. Those right. were beads. Uh, there was <laughs> when she pulled up on the motorcycle and she had the future with the graphic display. 
and yeah leather jackets and stuff yeah there was leather outfit. there was the one where she uh covered the car with the skirt and then i don't remember what she rolled out on this like this the words that was like that was yeah like the past it was or trash or something i mean it wasn't trash because it was the trash dress that was I was gonna say the trash dress. Yeah. I love I love the use of that using again it, it was nineteen seventies was a great pick again for the tone and the style of it all because it was during the punk rock movement. So there was a lot of experimental designs coming out. And so things like the trash dress was like I think a great embodiment of that and a great embodiment of where her character came mm-hmm. from as well. So it was great. Where it was just newspaper, I believe. It was all just it was well, there was there was the one that was made out of newspaper, and then it followed by it was just a bunch of of garbage bags, right? Well, so, so. the the trash dress this one this one was my favorite. I loved this one. So a dump truck backs up to whatever the Baroness That's has right. going on, and all of this fabric and trash bags fall out, like just you know, like fifty, a hundred, what looks like piles of different like silk and satin and trash all mixed together and Cruella pops up out of it after it all tumbles out and hops on the back of the dumpster and she's got the headlines that say that the Baroness is the past and Cruella is the future like sewn into her dress and her headpiece and everything and as the garbage truck pulls away there's this huge train of like hundreds of dresses or just like balls of fabric or whatever just stretched out as she drives yeah getting dragged by yeah it was awesome it was great which i was there's a lot a lot of them are and i mean i think potentially the other one that i liked is the very last one they showed was the the punk rock concert outfit Mm -hmm. that she had going on there i also enjoyed a lot so which if you wanted but then the baroness had a lot of typical Mm -hmm. I guess what was peak fashion at the time was just very typical dresses that stood out and, and whatnot. I think my favorite from her was I think the one she wore during the party, which was the weird like, With the, like she basically had the the cone. The, I don't was that I'm thinking whatever the one she had basically a cone on where her head I don't know what's Wait, the best the, way to describe the, the it, but basically the when Estella was a child or the black and white party that Cruella crashed in the red dress. The black and white Got party. Got it. So that one that, that one. one was like it was almost like a heart. It was she had this like back piece that was like a heart, I think. Was that that one? Okay. I think so. So what was Maybe I'm thinking of a what different What was one. weird about the Baroness's but fashion? A lot of costumes yeah. in this. 277 costumes. What was really weird about her fashion and her designs and everything was it was very Marie Antoinette. Everything that she did, yeah. which I'm assuming, I don't know what 70s, I do not think 70s fashion was Marie Antoinette. I do not think it was pompadour wigs and giant, like, I, especially the party when Estella is a child, because that is straight Marie Antoinette fashion. Um, right. And so I am wondering if there is a commentary element there to the excess and height of power that you think you cannot be toppled from. And that is why they went for Marie Antoinette vibes for the Baroness would be my guess. I I totally agree. I mean, I think a lot of the Baroness's character was based around that maria antoinette i think it was very much the same vibe i think they went with the look and 
the same just concept of how crazy she was yeah. right narcissistic she was a she was a little bit psycho and how powerful she was i i think absolutely they were trying to have some parallels there it was cool though okay i don't want to i don't want to jump us too far ahead but we did talk about this is a prequel and you wanted a cruella 2 or you wanted the next yeah do we think that maybe they say it's a prequel because they want to remake those? Or Disney has done a lot of things that don't necessarily, right? Like WandaVision won't necessarily have a season two. No. Yeah, they already said there there won't yeah, be. Yeah, so this could be um, a, a, a one-off. Now, Maleficent got another movie. So Cruella could. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, the, that's how I feel about this. I thought I... I love this movie. I I said it. I've I've been telling people about this. I've been recommending people to watch this movie. Apparently, with that sixty rating, not everyone feels the same way. I mean, how dare they? I genuinely enjoyed it, and I genuinely believe that this movie is going to end up being a top three movie of the year for me. I really, really enjoyed Cruella, and uh, I think it it sits in that same ballgame. I mean, Disney has done some of these remakes and live actions, uh, and remade characters. Or they've done one or origin story of a villain to try and make the villain not seem so villainous, which was Maleficent. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I think if you liked Maleficent, I think you'll enjoy this this movie. I think this one was honestly way better than Maleficent. I, I, I liked Maleficent. I didn't think it was a I, I enjoyed that movie as well. So this one did great. And I would be a total fan if they did a second one of this because I genuinely really love this movie. This was I, I really liked it. <laughs> I thought they did that the pacing and everything was it was just so good. They did such a great job with it. It would be really interesting for them because the 101 Dalmatians side has been covered. It would be very interesting for them to do 101 Dalmatians from Cruella's side. Like, what is she trying to accomplish? What are her motivations? What's the deeper backstory there? And then she obviously gets outsmarted. So why does that happen? I don't. I don't know. That's exactly how I wonder if that's how how it's why I wouldn't mind a second one. But I don't know if they could make a second mm-hmm. one out of this because I don't know who the villain would be and how they make Cruella still seem like the hero in all this. Because in the 1996 one, the concept is Cruella ends up having an addiction to fur coats. <laughs> That's what they go with, is that she has an addiction to fur coats and she's decided the Dalmatian fur is what she wants to use for it. So that I don't think that really works with how they set this character up. And I think if they just go with, OK, now Anita and Roger are the one outsmarting Cruella mm-hmm. or they decide to go the route of let's now make the dogs talk I, uh, yeah, any I of it i don't think any of it would work mm-hmm. i don't think any of that would actually work with this this version of this so i don't know where they could honestly go from from well this. So, so i don't think they absolved corella of being a villain at all because no no i mean they definitely set her up with an evil kind of mean-spirited woman but again they did a lot of stuff like she faked killing the dalmatians and and this cruella right is she made them think that she did but she didn't actually do it because there's no she she doesn't 
she's not a fan of killing dogs in this version, yeah. at least in the other versions, not so much, but that's what I'm saying. Is yeah, I think it's part of the reason why I won't. Work. I don't know if that jump would be too hard to execute, though, because she didn't kill them. She got very close to killing them. Because when the Baroness finds her, that's exactly what she says she's going to do. Now, of course, the dogs end up that's true. being on her side when they're useful later on. But I really think they didn't they didn't redeem her at all. All they did was say, You're the new Baroness. Because she did exactly much. what the Baroness did. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no, they just turned her into that. It's exactly it's I I think it again, it's one of the well-written parts of the show in my opinion is that's a major spoiler so I won't say too much, but the character direction of Cruella was literally becoming the yes. baroness was the concept is she's trying to take this woman down out of a sense of revenge, not because she thinks that she's a horrible person. Yeah. And deserves to be taken down a peg. It was solely by the fact out of uh, solely for revenge. And she didn't care what kind of person she became because of it. So. I, I think they could use that as a premise and remake 101 Dalmatians from Corella's point of view where she loses. I think you okay. could do that. It would be different. It would be very different because the main character never loses. But if you want to start making villain movies... You have to accept. I mean, in this movie, she kind of lost. I, Jasper. In a what? Jasper hates her. She lost. She lost that, all I, of her friendships. She traded them. I thought she redeemed it a little bit there. She started winning their trust back at least a little bit at the end of the yeah. movie. I, I, I think you're right. I don't know if they redeem... Her apology, she did have apologies and stuff, but I don't know how Jasper honestly felt if they were real yeah, or not. Yeah, I don't know. I think them, it would be so. interesting for them to pursue a villain movie with a real villain. And with the way that she narrates it and you have the narration, you could extend that into the next one. And at the narration at the end, like you can still have her be like, this time around, things didn't go so well. <laughs> and it would work. Right. And then you'd get your other, your next Cruella movie. Yeah, I'm I'm a fan for it. My biggest thing, I think, and this goes for it's why I personally think people should support this movie. They should go see this movie. They should pay this movie because I thought it was really good. I loved it. The world doesn't necessarily agree. But that being said, I want to see Disney take more of these risks. Mm -hmm. I, I think this they did a phenomenal job with this. They did a good job with Maleficent. Maleficent. I think they've proven that they can write original stories for classic characters. Mm -hmm. And I want to see Disney do more of this. They do plenty with Marvel and Star Wars, and they've been doing all these live action remakes from Lion King and all that have not been so great uh, recently. But this, I think, is a standout where they remade something but rewrote the story and they killed it. They did a phenomenal job. And so I honestly want this to be successful so that Disney decides, hey, maybe this is an option. And they take more of these kind of risks writing these characters because I think it's it's really interesting. Uh, we mentioned 
Hook earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, that was something that I was like, hey, maybe they do another remake of Hook. I think that might be a lot oh, of fun. Oh, that'd be so good. Something, something Hook like was that, awesome. So. Hook was great. Which, I'll skip forward a little bit. We'll, we'll do the end. But that is going to be my last kind of closing question for you. Uh, if Disney made another one of these where they took a villain and created a story to make you feel like they're not so villainous what other disney character would you want to see remade in this style someone to be seen as not so villainous i've got to like scroll through my villains uh the first thing that pops to my head is uh is cinderella (laughs) and i'm like do we see it from this evil stepmother side of things, but I don't know. I feel like she's actually really well covered in the 8,000 versions of Cinderella. And then the next one that pops in is Beauty and the Beast, but like the Beast is kind of half a villain who gets redeemed already anyway, and it's just sort of Gaston, and he's not... I don't think there's the depth there to write from Gaston's point of view. And they already remade Beauty and the Beast. It was... It was... was, (laughs) The auto-tuning was really the... The, the challenge for me with that one. Um, oh, oh my goodness, chat, chat, chat knows what's up. All right, this is the beauty of filming they these lives. Mine. Chat knows they what's up. Mine. Ursula. <laughs> yep, that's exactly the one Little I would have Mermaid I was think- my favorite Disney. Ursula is one of my favorite characters. The, b- the yeah. Poor Unfortunate Souls is like one of the best songs ever created. And when... Wait, yeah. I, I, I have a side tangent for this. It's I. Yeah, go for it. I do enough of those myself, so it's good to hear you do them. My mother's best friend, when I was growing up, had kind of like a, a gravelly voice and short, really blonde hair, and I was kind of scared of her. And I always told my mom she reminded me of Ursula, and my mom was like, "Don't tell her that." uh but yeah that was gosh man yeah ursula would be awesome i would love to know how she became the sea witch and and why poseidon knows her and what the previous deals are and she's got like hundreds and hundreds of merpeople souls chilling in the bottom of her cave and the eels flotsam and jets oh my goodness yes oh that'd be so cool yeah i think ursula is the is a great i think she's the next next ideal I honestly think if Disney does another one of these, she's she's the she's the pick. It's going to it's going to be her underwater. I could see Captain Hook again. But once again, they kind of already have done him underwater live. So I don't action, know if they want to do another one. So how do you do? Don't we have a live action Little Mermaid on its way? There is a live action Little Mermaid coming out. Yes. So they picked. I can't remember what her name is. Who's playing Ariel, but they have they have chosen the actors and stuff for it. Uh, mostly and i think i don't know if they're filming it yet i know they're planning on doing that but that is i think that is the next live action we're getting so we're getting something out of that i still think they should make an ursula they make make an ursula like maleficent like cruella and i think it would be really interesting and really fun and yeah live action underwater stuff is a little aquaman did an a it did a it, it did it okay at times i guess so We'll have to see. Um, but they do okay with, with those. So. Yeah. 
Ursula is my yeah. my that was that was going to be the one I had. I I'm I've been trying to run through the list of other Disney villains. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I have any other that I really Hades could be What's fun. What's the guy's name from But like Hades? I don't know if I mean Hades could be cool before Hercules There's... is born. You could have like some There's, kind of sibling rivalry. That's just Lucifer. We already have that. That's Lucifer. <laughs> that's valid. <laughs> Which will do that. They they have had the latest as part of Lucifer, so it won't be next week. But I'll, I'll tell you, we will be covering Lucifer on this podcast because me and Nessar are giant yeah. fans of that yeah. show. It's a great so, show. Uh, we will be talking about that. But yeah, that's just Lucifer. <laughs> Uh, well, I was thinking, I mean, there's a lot of parallels uh, to from Ursula to Hades, mm-hmm. right? I think Ursula is supposed to be the way that she's written is the devil of the yeah. sea was the concept. So I, I bet that's how they pitched her. And so I think it would be absolutely fun to see from her perspective. Yeah, that is a prequel to just a little before she meets Ariel and what happens and how she becomes, like you said, the queen of the lost souls i guess or the the damned souls yes well she um, damns them so. so it's really stacking the deck right. but you know whatever works you make make a deal with the devil right that's the whole idea that is who jafar as well that's the that's the guy from aladdin yes. right that's, that's aladdin. aladdin that's who i was gonna say is also is the only one i could think of is is jafar from aladdin could be an interesting interesting one as well so i see that those are my picks but all right uh, we're closing out here. Uh, just, I guess, how are you feeling? What's your, what's your rating for Cruella at the end of this all? How are you feeling about it? What's your rating? Again, if you want to give your honest rating, I'll allow it. No, this is the greatest piece of media ever. So it's getting $5,408, I mean, obviously. 5408 dogs is the rating for this. Yeah. And I am giving it two missiles to Jupiter. <laughs> That never got that are built. actually made. No, no, no. See, in this oh, in this rating, they were built. Got it. You That's how good my rating build is. Build the actual so. missiles for this movie. But there you go. A uh, Cruella. It's the greatest piece of media ever, ever. And uh glad glad you enjoyed it as much as I did, Nessa. <laughs> uh so if you also enjoyed the positively reviewed podcast which, you know, is tied for the greatest piece of media ever. Uh, go ahead, check out our social media, Pause Reviewed Pod, P-O-S Reviewed P-O-D, Instagram, Twitter. You're also going to be able to find this on YouTube. Uh, maybe you're watching there. If you're watching there, you can find this on podcast platforms. Whatever platform you're on, uh, leaving those 12 out of 5 stars, a nice review, all those things helps other people find our totally unbiased and spoiler-free review show for them to enjoy. It really is the best way for this podcast to get discovered. So we do we do appreciate. Yeah. Rating it and commenting help tremendously. Even if you just comment. Hello. It helps. It really does. The more that happens, it gets thrown into all those funky little algorithms. And I cannot believe we didn't mention this at the top of the show. Mm-hmm. I'm so mad at okay. us. We have a logo now. Oh, yeah, we I have don't a know. logo now. We we didn't talk about it, <laughs> and uh, this is gonna be at the end. So you're gonna listen to all this, and we have a logo now. It's done. It's finished. It's gorgeous. It's awesome. Uh, it turns out 
Joker should just listen to Nessa from now on. This is like the third or fourth time that whenever Nessa says something, uh, jo- John fights back and he's like, eh. You picked uh, you know the what? options, Let's go with this. though. You gave me four options. You went and found them. Yeah. You did the work. Yeah, I found, I get, I typically, I find a bunch of options and then I give them to Nessa and then she kind of gives her first pick and then I give my first pick and then we meet a lot of times somewhere in the middle. Yeah, the first time we got the logo made was, oof, was not good. Uh, and then I decided to go what Nessa's first choice was and they knocked it out of the park. And this is the second time <laughs> that she's right so she's always right i'm just gonna defer to her from now on from all decisions so we got a new logo so the podcast probably looks different it's no longer random pictures of us mm-hmm. uh and it's it's really it's a it's i really i like really like it too it's really pretty, and so. if you go to joker's twitch channel he made a bunch of merch for it so if you think it's look cool and you want yeah. like a mouse pad or a hat or a t-shirt to rep it I can, I'll put, I'll put the link, if you're listening to this, I'll put the link in the description of this, the podcast from now on. Um, there is a bunch of other stuff because it's just through my streaming merchandise store, but ignore that. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. We, Joker's an honest man. He tries to be, at least, I tried it. Why am I talking in third person? I, you've been Should doing, I keep it doing that. I don't know if it's a good thing. And I was I've like, been doing this whole episode and I, I hate it. I hate that I'm doing it. <laughs> They know who they can tell by my voice. Hopefully, we don't have the same voice. All right, I'll stop talking to the third person. It sounds really pretentious doing it, but I, uh, yeah, it's on my merch store. But don't worry, Nessa, Nessa is is. But if you want to support the show, it's another great way. If you want to wear some awesome, positively reviewed merchandise, we have our logo and stuff on a bunch of different. You can get a sticker. You can get some shirts. You can get a mug. There's a lot of really fun stuff, and there's more more merchandise and things on the way for that. So check that out. It's uh, on Joker's. Twitch.tv slash Pro Ace Joker. And then check his stream banners, and you're going to find the link to his merch store. And it'll be in the description of this as well. So. But there you go. Uh, that's it. I guess the T-O-T's. We got to tease the next episode. Yeah, we actually decided it ahead of time. Here we go. You ready? ready? Yeah, we decided to do this one a little differently where we actually figured out. I don't know. I kind of am a fan of just giving them no information. Being like, here's the tease and it telling them nothing. Uh, oh, do we want to do my news story? We can do your news do you story. Hear my news we story did, now. We did. We did say we'd make all them right, wait. Here you go. Uh, so the I made them wait all the way to the end. So I might as well do this one. We don't have to do this every week, but. My little news story that I had was uh, no Batman sexy time for Harley Quinn. That Got was it. how I phrased yep. it in that. Mm-hmm. It was pretty much a, a small thing. I want to get your thoughts on it was season three. There's a TV show on on HBO Max anime TV show called Harley Quinn. It's a phenomenal show uh, that I I haven't watched yet, but I, it's it's gotten a lot of really good reviews. It's It's been highly rated a lot, highly recommended by a lot of people. But they're working on season three, mm-hmm. or it's out. I'm not really sure which one. But they cut out a uh, a scene. They've now officially cut out a scene where Batman apparently goes down on Catwoman. Uh huh. And the way that it's phrased is the reason. The reasoning behind it is because heroes don't do that. 
that was their reasoning. That was their 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 line that they said for the reasoning of why they took that scene out of season three. So sadly, we're not going to see any Batman sexy time. And I mean, I'm upset by this, but I want to see Bruce Wayne's naked body as always. Um, I mean, how could they? But yeah, I don't know how you felt about the that. ways of Green Arrow. I mean, it's the yeah. the entire show is just Oliver without a shirt doing the bar thing. Oh yeah, it is true. I mean, everyone. I'm attracted to that too, and everyone in that show was attracted to it as well. It's, whole um, thing. it's the only reason Felicity ended up with him, yeah. of course. But yeah, I don't know how you feeling about that. I mean, I guess it is. How do you feel about them cutting out like sex scenes and stuff in animated shows? I mean, this. I don't know what this show is rated, mm-hmm. so I don't know, but. I guess if they took it out for like rating purposes, understandable, but I feel the reasoning because heroes don't do that Mm. is a little. (laughs) There's 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 two sides to that, right? There's it depends on what they mean by heroes don't do that. If they mean male heroes don't do that. That was exactly kind of there's a lot of implications about what women do regularly. Right. Yep. That was that so was yeah. that is a that's a little bit of a wasn't phrased that's well. a little bit of a disconnect in general if it's that heroes do not typically have overt sex scenes I would actually agree with that in the okay. in the the worlds that we have built in hero shows and canonical DC Marvel hero shows Batman is a playboy but they don't typically show a lot of it. It's very like camera cuts and implications and it's nothing aggressively overt. From what I remember, it's been a while since I've watched Christopher Nolan Batman movies. Um, So I don't quite remember what they did there, but I'm pretty sure it is less explicit of what is happening. Right. So in general, I could see, and if you look at the Marvel side of things, there's like nothing. <laughs> then the Mar- the Marvel yeah no, they don't do any- nothing. The closest thing we got was a uh, Wandavision. Yeah, where they they put the beds together. They put the beds together for for Wandavision. That was the the closest that we've yeah. seen so far. So like oh, I can kind of see well, I guess that, technically but- we've seen we've seen Tony Stark wake up in bed with women. Yes, I guess we got a bit of that, but none of that was romantic. Yeah, and <laughs> so-, so it's like. I like the show is R rated. Yeah. Well, there you go. And apparently, this isn't the first time Batman Batman yeah. had sexy time in the show. It's, I was gonna say if it so. was written in there, I imagine that it has to be like Weird. more of the show. So like that would have had to have been a design choice way before season three. And when you make those choices, they're pretty like it's not gonna make it through the writers' room, right? Like like that's decided way ahead of time what the tone of the show is going to be so i have a feeling that it's more of the first thing that i said which is less of a what's more of a less of a i'll allow it thing yeah yeah no i'm feeling the same way so all right we'll definitely do the news (laughs) earlier it feels weird to have a news segment at the end of the podcast maybe uh maybe we should just keep doing it because it's so random and makes no sense so i guess the second news story i watch out jamil jamil uh, is I think that's how you say her name from The Good Place. Mm-hmm. She also just got cast literally today, right before we started this. I saw it pop up. She just got cast as the arch nemesis, uh, Titania. Titania. Yeah. Titania. Titania. 
Joker has a uh, hard arch time. Arch nemesis for She Hulk. There's a there is a She Hulk TV show in the works, um, and apparently she just got cast as the villain of it. So that's a shout out to that. More Marvel stuff. So, all right, uh, the tease for the next episode. I it's already going too long. Uh, E3. We're doing an E3 showcase. We're going to be talking about the Xbox. Uh, we are both Xbox fans. Me more so than Nessa is, but there's a lot of stuff. There's some Diablo things in there. There's Halo, which is my big thing there. So we're going to be doing a E3 kind of breakdown. They also have an extended Xbox showcase in a few mm-hmm. days. So we're going to be talking about that. That's what we're doing. A little different. Not so much going to be a podcast and uh, or sorry, movie or TV show or we're going to go back to video games, but a little different. Yeah. So we'll see how it is. It's cool. But anyways, hope you guys all enjoyed hanging out with us, talking with us. Let us know what you thought about Cruella, if you see it. And tell us if you got any ideas of, of things that you might think are great for the show, please let us know. <laughs> we got a list going. We got we got stuff coming down the pipeline. So we might also have a guest star next week. But <clears throat> anyways, though. You guys have a good rest of your week. Yeah. Have a good one. Bye all.